Hello and welcome to the Red Mountain Community Church podcast where you can hear conversations with the people of Red Mountain Community Church as we pursue Jesus together. Each episode highlights what God is doing in someone's life or a specific theme in light of what God has revealed in the Bible. I'm Peter Franson, your fellow seat warmer at Red Mountain Community Church. My co-host today is Jessica Garcia, our pastor of worship arts. Is that the title, pastor of worship arts? I can never... It is, sure. yep, okay. yep. All right. And it's, did did they change that at some point to just reflect that the, the broader uh, definition of worship and that you are specifically, you know, the on the artistic side of worship? Do you know why they... It was that before I got here. Oh, that was what they called Matt. Yes, okay. yeah. But right. I really liked it. Yeah. I appreciated the, the breadth of it and the... Yeah, I, I do have a real heart to to minister through the arts, you know, more than just music. So, yeah. Yeah. But it was that way before I got here. Okay. All right. Cool. All right. So, baby number three on the way. Yes. Is that, I'm assuming that since you told like all the worship team now that this (laughs) is okay. No, I swore you all the secrecy. (laughs) I only told you. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So, uh, and you said... (laughs) To, to everybody on the in the message you put out so just a, a thank you in advance for putting up with absent-mindedness um so is that like uh is that something you experienced with past pregnancies yes i mean what's like the biggest <sighs> thing that you've forgotten or that you're afraid you're gonna just space on or something oh my, i mean i literally like right before doing that post i had and this was not the first time okay in this pregnancy that i've done this scheduled someone for the worship team like weeks in advance didn't write it down anywhere oh didn't put it anywhere just totally forgot about it scheduled other people Uh on the worship team and then have the person like reach out to me that week and be like hey uh wasn't i supposed to be on the worship team this week (laughs) and then me be like well let me look back in my emails. <laughs> yes. Uh, was that Katie? I, I think Holly was no. saying she was like a late addition or something. No. She, well, yeah. But no, there was supposed to be okay. a Sorry, different Sorry, I'm getting person. into the weeds here. I don't need yeah. to get in all the weeds. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, it it is terrifying because my my normal normal level of absent-mindedness is pretty high. Mm. So if you throw <laughs> pregnancy in there, all everything just hits the fan. Ugh. It's pretty chaotic. I wish I had that as an excuse because <laughs> yeah. I like, I am not good with, rem- my memory is terrible, absolutely terrible, but I don't know. Um, okay, so we've got an irresistible question uh, hmm. this time again, and it is, what fictional world or place would you like to visit? Oh, well, that's an easy one. Oh. I I really love Zelda Breath of the Wild. Oh, okay. Uh, Have you played, what's the new one called? Tears of the Kingdom. Tears of the Kingdom. Have you started I that? very, very briefly started it. Okay. Uh, actually, just a couple weeks ago. Um, but sorry, but, Breath of the Wild. Yes. Why, why do you want to visit the world of Breath of the Wild? Which is, which is basically the same world as Tears of the Kingdom. Okay, yes. But uh, I just... I love I love the world that they've created in that game. It's very very beautiful, mm. very diverse and like interesting. And I mean, yeah, they like they give you it's all just like a exploratory dream where you just you can explore all these different things. There's different things to discover, like just the right amount as you're going along through the world. Mm-hmm. And they give you this crazy like 
parachute thing. So you can literally like just go off a mountain and just like soar around, which is just the best. Very nice. Which is why I've been struggling with the new game because I don't have that yet. I don't have any of the cool things that I was used to yet. Can you just look up a guide to like, give me a beeline to this, to this glider. Yeah, I don't know if there is such a beeline, but... There's got to be. You got to YouTube that. (laughs) Yeah. What happened? How did we never get you into Skyrim? Did you ever try Skyrim? Oh, yes, yes. Oh, yeah. I loved Skyrim. I loved Skyrim. All right. Now, that's a darker world. That's what I was going to say. It's not the colorful Nintendo vibe. Yes. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, I get a little down in the the darker... dystopian yeah. kind of worlds. So you don't need it's like, not where I want to You don't need the hag be. raven going, ah, yeah. on the yeah. corner. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, kind of wanting a more joyful enemy. If I Yeah. Could. <laughs> I did love it. I played it multiple times. But yeah, if I'm going to... I want to go to the Breath of the Breath Wild, of Wild world. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Uh, I puzzled over this for a little bit. I was like, well, Farscape or... Um, the the key, visit is a key word. Um, because I'm assuming that if we're visiting this place, we're not going to die there. That we get hmm. to survive and come home. Um, I tend to take these hypothetical questions too seriously, but a visit was a key word for me. Hmm. And I landed on, just this morning, the the DC universe. Specifically the comic books. I've been reading the comic books, I mean, since high school uh, regularly. And they are like... It's like it's like this living continuity that's updated every week, and you get different windows into this living, breathing world. I mean, hey, props to Marvel, the movies for like what for trying to do that with movies. It's really admirable what they did. But there is nothing like a weekly update of like five comics or whatever that all give you windows with a different angle into this same continually updated living breathing world and so i've gotten to know this world so well over the years like oh if i know that i'm not gonna die from some horrible universe eater Mm -hmm. (laughs) that i would like to visit just so that i could maybe see green lantern charge up his ring and say the oath oh (laughs) that would do it for you that would do it for me in brightest day in blackest night no evil shall escape my sight let those who worship evils might beware my power green lantern's light oh man hmm if I didn't Only. know Jesus, that'd probably be my religion. Um, okay. <laughs> that was really weird. Uh, let's move on. Um, as a reminder, if you don't want this weirdness, you can always message us on Instagram or Facebook with suggestions for other fun things that we could do or talk about instead before the interview. But for now, we are going to move things along. Uh, just a little bit ago, Jessica and I spent some time talking with uh, Bonnie Curran, a uh, fellow geek. We don't get into much geeky stuff in the conversation, but uh, uh, we talk about her journey to faith in Jesus, which both of us found really interesting. Here's that conversation for you now. Bonnie, thank you so much for doing this. I know it's a little weird to sit down in front of a, put a microphone in your face and like, okay, we're going to talk about you for a while now, but uh, (laughs) I appreciate you doing it. Um, So can you start by giving me just a brief snapshot of like your current stage of life and just kind of like what your life situation is right now? So, yes, I have, well, I have two kids, um, Nick and Alex. They are um, my beautiful, wonderful, lovely children that are older now. They're adults, actually. Okay. Um, So, Nick, my oldest, lives here in town. He um, works for the post office. He actually used to deliver in this area. Okay. And he just got his own route, so he's excited about that. Nice. He's my very quiet, introspective um, 
watches a lot. Um, very knowledge. He's super smart. Like mm. too smart for his own good sometimes. <laughs> um, he was. He had done a, a stint in the army as a reservist. Okay. He's done with that now, and so he just kind of works for the post office. And you know, he's very introspective. Very much of a loner so okay there's that my other son my, i shouldn't say other my youngest son alex is um he is my space force kid okay he works he works for the space force he was in the army for wait a minute that's not just a netflix show with Stephen <laughs> <Carell>. <laughs> no it is a real thing okay space what's, force what's the difference between space force and nasa is that part of what is not that I'm aware of, no. Okay. Actually, it, Space Force is underneath the um, Air Force. Oh, okay. So he had originally joined the Army at 18, 19, right out of high school. Um, he did that for, I think it was nine or 10 years now. Okay. And then he just took a lateral move over to the Space Force a couple years ago, which is great because not only is it good for me as a mom of, you know, I like science fiction, like we've talked about, <laughs> Star Wars, <laughs> uh, Star Trek, Farscape, all that stuff. Um, so that's kind of cool for me. Yeah, um, yeah. But he in his ar- in the army days he was always always on the east coast. Well now he's in Colorado, okay. so that's a lot closer. And so um, he's probably going to at least do twenty years in the military. So he's in the space force, and then he has his lovely my my lovely daughter in law Ashley. Okay, they're high school sweethearts. They grew up here, uh-huh. and so um, and then I also have my adopted daughter oh. Amber. So. When I say adopted, we as a family adopted Amber into our lives when she was uh, her senior year of high school. Okay. She's a year older than my oldest, so she's right there. And um, she finished her high school. She went away, came back about six, seven years ago, seven, eight years ago, whatever it is, um, and kind of took her back in under our wings, so to speak. And um, she had three kids at the time. And now, um, let's see, so 2020... Uh, you know how we all started with COVID and all that stuff. Um, she was struggling at the time. And so the decision was made to have her move in, in you know, for six months. And so she was going to live um, there for six months. Okay. And uh, she moved in, her and the kids moved in in March okay. of 2020. We all know what happened then, right? Yeah. So back up just a little bit. In January of 2020, um, four days after my birthday, she had my sweet little baby girl, Ariana, Mm. Like a granddaughter, all all three kids are like granddaughters, or oh. grandkids to me. Um, so then, six months, six weeks later, uh, the kids moved in, and the funny part about that is that the day after she we got her got her all moved in is when I discovered um, that there was a toilet paper shortage. Oh no! And so there's all these extra butts in the house. Oh and my gosh! We have, yes. So anyway, we had two rolls of toilet paper at the time and oh. I managed to track down some and we threatened the kids with their lives if they weren't very careful. <laughs> but, um, but so Amber is, um, she's kind of like a daughter, but kind of like a, more of a, a mentor type thing. Mm-hmm. And definitely, definitely a friend. Mm-hmm. I, I consider her a, like a, almost like a best friend type thing. Oh. And so she's got four kids, uh, Kaylin and Cadence, which are twins beautiful twin girls they just turned 13 going on 25 because you know how <laughs> teenagers are yeah love of those girls um and then gabriel her son he's eight or nine i think he's nine um he's the he's like the helper he'll help you do anything he loves to get in there and help everything and then as i said my sweet baby girl ariana who's almost four so and i was i was actually there um in the hospital room when she was born with amber and her mom and, and me oh, wow. so basically 
they had Ariana her entire life. And they all just moved back to Mississippi where Amber grew up um, her young life. And so um, it's kind of, and that was in July, so it kind of got an empty nest thing going on. Okay. But um, that's about it for that. Okay. And what are you kind of like filling your days with? So what I'm filling my days with now um, is ba- I'm, I'm kind of working on my photography. I'm looking for a job, okay. but I'm also working on my photography, which is my my side thing. So okay. I kind of have two spokes to photography. Okay. One where I like to shoot people with my camera. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I'll do, you know, I shoot seniors and um, families and okay. special occasions. I shoot weddings, but I try to stay away from larger ones because mm. it's just me. Okay. I like to shoot the smaller um, stuff because... I like to give my my thought is to give people quality photography at a lower price. Mm, so yeah. I, don't, I don't really want to do large things. Yeah. Um, but the other part of my my other side of the photography is um, what I call it's called my beloved little one. So years ago, I don't know, eight ten years ago now, um, I was kind of going through one of those woe is me. You know, I have no special skills or anything, and you know, what do you what do you want me to do? God, mm. how do I further your kingdom, so to speak? And, mm. So God kind of gave me this um, idea. It took several years. In fact, I started it in 2020. Okay. Because, you know, there was downtime. But he kind of gave me this idea of uh, marrying my photography, my scenery photography, with my love for the Word. Mm. So the, the gist of it is if God were to sit down and write you a note, what might it say? Mm. Not what would it say. I don't profess to know what he would say. Yeah. But based on scripture and stuff like that, what might it say? Mm. So... I started collecting things from either um, like something somebody would just say in passing or a song or a sermon. Um, I used to listen, or I still do, but off and on, a, a Bible audio cast or Bible, Bible podcast, um, Daily Audio Bible. Guy reads the Bible. Oh, okay. Um, uh, through the Bible every year. And he's been doing it forever. Mm. And sometimes, a lot of times, he'll do commentary. So, commentary from that, uh, from the Pastor Bob, Pastor mm. uh, Kyle, mm-hmm. you know, different things like that, songs. I even got a, one of the lines, uh, one one from a movie one time or developed into a card. So I started collecting all these things, I had all these little pieces of paper. And in 2020, when we had all this extra time, I sat down and started to do something with it and started writing cards. Um, at this point, I have roughly, I have over 40 cards. Oh, cool. And it's married with, like I said, my, my scenery photography. Mm-hmm. Um, a few of the cards have people on them. Okay. Basically, the people are, they lend to the sentiment in the card. Okay. And what I do is I print the card, or the, the like a Reader's Digest version of what's inside the card on the picture. Okay. And it's in a frame, a, a paper frame that comes with the, the greeting card. And so it's set there and it's got a little flap so you can set it up, set it on your desk or whatever. So it comes out of the envelope ready to be u- viewed. Because mm. a lot of people don't like to keep their cards, right? I don't. And just, they're bulky, but a picture, hopefully something mm. that you know, a scenery picture or whatever, yeah. um, something that seems that you may, you may or may not want to display, kind of reminds you of what was the sentiment of the card. And so I try to marry the the image somewhat with what's being said in the card. Nice. And then on the inside of the card, it it has more expounded. And in the back of the card, I reference the the scripture. And it's called my beloved little one because I wanted it to be something that was kind of universal. Um, 
uni, unisex, so to speak. I didn't want to go, mm-hmm. you know, daughter or son or anything mm-hmm. like that. And a uh, person that I used to work with always used to call his his little girl my his little one. Mm. And I thought that works perfect. So, yeah. And then God always, you know, in the Bible refers to us as beloved a mm-hmm. lot. Mm-hmm. So my beloved little one. Oh, cool. And then you know it's like. It doesn't say dear my beloved, but it just says my beloved little one. Yeah. And then there's a sentiment and then it says love Abba. Oh, cool. Because daddy was kind of weird, mm-hmm. but Abba is, you yeah. know. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Right? Yeah. Love it. And so I have those um, and I have a website for that. And so I kind of do that. Um, I sit down to write the cards and I, I wait for the Holy Spirit to kind of inspire me. Mm. So there's been times when I sat down to write cards and I couldn't, there just nothing came. And there was one time I remember specifically, I sat down to write a specific type of card and I wrote that card and two other cards just came, just boom, mm, mm-hmm. like five minutes, two cards written, boom. I was yeah. like, whoa, where'd that come from? Mm. Which I already obviously know, but so that's kind of what I do there. Um, gotcha. That's what I'm doing now is, is that stuff. And like okay. I said, looking for a, an actual job, but yeah, just cool. kind of doing that. And then nice. a little bit of this, a little bit of that. So, yeah. Okay. So, um, we're going to get into like the, the meat of what I want to get into is, is just kind of your uh, journey to the Lord and just kind of, and we'll wrap up with kind of where you're at now, but I want to get just a little bit of background. What was your home life like as a kid and, and, and what kind of home did you grow up in specifically as it relates to any kind of faith or faith in Jesus specifically? Um, so my mom raised me basically by herself. Um, so a single mom, uh, didn't have a lot of church or, or anything in there. There was a few different years where different things happened. Um, one summer between, I think it was fourth and fifth grade, I spent a summer in Texas with my aunt. So my mom's aunt technically, but, and she, they did a lot of church stuff. They went to church a lot. And so I went there. I vaguely remember it. I still have the Bible I got from then. Oh, really? That's huh. weird. <laughs> um, and I remember, apparently, I don't remember this, but apparently at one point I called my mom and said, hey, can I get baptized? Which mm. I don't think I actually did, but mm. you know. And then I was four, fifth or sixth grade, I don't remember which, I had a friend in grade school, her father was a pastor of a really, really small church, and so I went to, to church a lot then. Okay. And other than that, um, there really wasn't any any church or, or, or religion or anything like that. It was mm-hmm. always just kind of me and my mom. Gotcha. Um, and she did a very good job of of walking that fine line between um, parent teach parent not teacher but parent um, child relationship mm-hmm. and friend. Mm. You, you can't really be your kid's friend mm-hmm. and be their parent. Yeah, for the most part, she did a really good job, I believe, um, of keeping the. There was always that respect and that relationship, mm. but she was also a really good friend. Mm. Um, in fact, I used to be. Um, what most people would say, kind of lippy. Okay. <laughs> and so there was people in her life that, that thought that she should, you know, make me be not so lippy. Mm-hmm. And as it turned out, uh, after everything was said and done, of all the kids, I was like the only one that ever pretty much didn't get in any trouble. Oh. So there's that. <laughs> yeah. So even though, it, you know, it wasn't traditional, it was, uh, she did she did something right. That's great. So That's great. Now, where's... Where's the North Pole in all this? I heard, <laughs> I was told by well, two people, two people told me, I think Jessica and Arian at one point said, you got to ask her, she was, she, she lived in Alaska, something about North Pole <laughs> High School, we're getting close to the holidays, so there's, I couldn't come up with some great segue or some really clever joke, so I want to hear about this North Pole thing, and then also what kind of dumb jokes have people made when you tell, tell, talk about it? 
I never heard anybody make a dumb joke. Oh, but okay. They don't believe me. I actually had somebody. Oh. He, he's it was a guy I worked with, a security guard I worked with one time. I told him I went to North Pole High School, which is just <laughs> about 12, 15 miles south of Fairbanks. There's a little town called North Pole. Okay. Um, there's a high school. There's a, a, a at the time I don't know if there still is a pizza joint called um, Elf's Den. Okay. The laundromat was called Suds Hut. Um, there, there's a, a gift shop and you can see pictures of it online. They even, I think they have a website, um, big, huge, giant Santa. In fact, one year there was, they had the Santa up the net, his, his, um, his, his arm kind of tucked under and there was so much snow that it broke off. Oh, cause in man. Alaska, when oh it gosh. snows, it stays, my it doesn't God. blow away. It doesn't oh melt. So when it gosh. snows in the, in the fall. That snow is still there on the bottom in the spring. Oh. And we have what's actually called breakup because it, you know you get a month of where it's starting to warm up and everything's just wet. Just mm. wet. Mm. I mean the 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 river the the uh, all the rivers they freeze solid. Oh, the boy. rivers and they freeze solid. Wow. So that's how cold it gets. But wow. yes, I graduated from North Pole High School in Alaska and the security guard I said He's, he didn't believe me, and I said, go look it up, and he went and looked it up, and there really is a high school. <laughs> In fact, my my class was the first one to graduate from the brand new high school, so it was a junior-senior high, oh, okay. and then I went through um, uh, 10, 11, 10th, 10th and 11th grade there, um, and then um, my senior year um, is when the new high school opened up, so mine was the first class to graduate from there. Okay, nice. So Nice. Yeah. Okay, so um, so you, you had some exposure to... The Christian faith as a kid, you you remember something about uh, baptism, but that never you never followed through on that. So then, before you came to faith in Jesus, um, what were your general thoughts and feelings about Jesus, about Christianity? Um, not too much about Jesus specifically, but I just had no use for God. Gotcha. Um, kind of felt like if there was a God, why would He let all of this bad stuff happen in the world? Mm just didn't it didn't jive mm. and um i met my kids' father um and here so i moved from from alaska to arizona i lived in the north valley and then i met my husband my ex-husband um and we moved from here got married moved from here back to montana where he's from um eastern montana I, so i grew up part no of no way I'm from Eastern Montana. Yahweh. <laughs> yeah. Everybody says no way, and I always say Yahweh. And yeah. very few people actually Have you heard get of it. Miles City? Yes. Woohoo! Have you heard of Nye? No. <laughs> sorry. I just sorry. lived in Miles City. It was a very small town. So, okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. That's okay. Nye is about two hours, two hours? 60 miles? I don't remember. It's been a while. About two hours out of, out of Billings. Okay. So we moved back up there. His family um, had a business there. They were struggling and they needed. Partners versus um, tax reasons. Partners versus uh, employees. Okay. So that's they brought us on. It, it, they waited too long, so it, it failed. So moved up there. Had my my oldest son, and then we moved into Billings and had um, my my second son, Alex. Okay. And then he and I were on the same page. Neither one of us had any use for God. There is no God. You know, if 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 there's a God, you know, why does He let all this happen? Which obviously I now know part of the reasons or you know some of the stuff for that hmm. um then well i guess that answers that question yeah would you say would you say then like um you you spoke kind of broadly about why would god allow you know bad things to happen um was it that kind of broad sentiment or were, or was there a, a specific or a major contributor or more than one to kind of having those thoughts and feelings no not really um 
probably being where I'm at now, I would say that the thought process then was I just didn't want to deal with, um, you know, the, the quote unquote sin mm. as far as, you know, my, my feelings are most people that don't want to believe in God or don't want to go there is because they don't want to deal with the, um, the consequences of what that means, mm. of what God means, of what Jesus means, of what um, the entire story, you know, everything about God, what it means. What what consequences them. come to mind when you say that? Well, like basically sin. You have to deal yeah. with sin. You have to deal with... Um, like you mean your own sin? Right, your own sin. Mm-hmm. Um, so if it feels good, do it, which mm-hmm. is not necessarily a good thing because yeah. there's consequences. But yeah. if you don't want to deal with those consequences, then yeah, let's go for it. It's, yeah. You know, whatever. So... By that, that's part of it. Plus, you know, there was a lot of stuff in the world at the time. Being a young adult at that time, you know, I had expounded out, well, like a little kid. Um, the entire world revolves around a kid, or the kid thinks that the world revolves around them, rather. Mm-hmm. And as you get older, you kind of see that it doesn't. Well, even as a young adult, um, even you realize that the world doesn't revolve around you, but it's still pretty self-centered because you just haven't don't have the experience. Yeah. So... There was bad things in the world, you know, death, disease, war, child stuff, whatever, all that stuff. And so, why would God let all these bad things happen if he, if there really is a God and He's um, omnipish, omnipotent? Yeah. Mm-hmm. If He can do all that stuff, why wouldn't He stop it? So, would you describe how you were feeling at that time as um, just kind of coldly indifferent or actually antagonistic? Was there any co- somewhat antagonistic? Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. I really was, which kind of, that lends itself to when we get to that part, to that, to the, how I came to Yeah, Christ. yeah, well, let's get to that. I mean, okay. like, um, what, uh, what, if you're in this antagonistic place, and you've got no use for God, and you're sharing life with somebody that's on the same page, like, yeah, me either, then how do you get from there to beginning to interact with or thinking about the Christian faith, you know, in, in a different way? It's my kid's fault. <laughs> Which one? Both. Okay. So, <laughs> what happened is this: um, we decided that um, we wanted to put the kids into uh, private school, and okay. as far as I knew at the time, all schools that were private were religious based. Mm. So, what do you do? So, we decided together. Obviously, that didn't pan out. Fast forward, my kids didn't go to private school, um, but that was the plan at the at that point. Okay, and so. Uh, I had to, and this is literally what I thought, I had to find a, a religion that I could stomach. That was my thought. I got to find something <laughs> I can stomach. I, I honestly didn't know anything about the differences between you know, Catholicism and Protestant and Baptist and mm-hmm. all this other stuff. Didn't yeah. know anything. Yeah. Um, and so I had to find something I could stomach that I could you know, deal with. Mm-hmm. And at that time, I was working part in this, or I, my youngest son was, I think, six months old or so, so he was still in diapers. Um, and so at that time I was working part-time and I worked with a, a young lady who I worked with for one month. So that was, you know, definitely a God thing. Um, and she was going to a church and so we thought, I thought we'd, I'd start there. Okay. Start with that church because I knew somebody there and move on to, um, you know, wherever else I ended up going. And this is still Montana? Yes, still yeah. Montana. Mm-hmm. So uh, I went to her church and... You know, very antagonistic, like I said, and the pastor stutters. So not bad, 
just an, just annoying, uh, just a little annoying. Well, yeah. when you don't know it, when, yeah. when you he didn't stutter bad, and it's kind of like with anybody else that has some sort of a tick or a an accent or something. You get used to it after a while, but yeah. it was kind of annoying. Yeah. Well, and if and, you go in and like, I don't want to be here. Right. <laughs> exactly. But, so I'm sitting there, you know, got my arms crossed over my chest, and I'm listening to, and I'm thinking, okay, whatever. And I remember having the thought, this is going to be a long, hard road. Mm. And then, I didn't know it at the time, didn't realize it at the time. Then I had another thought, and the Holy Spirit whispered in my in my my head, not audibly, because I would have went screaming. <laughs> uh, but the thought came into my mind, I'm up for it. Hmm. So, hmm. you know, that was definitely the Holy Spirit saying, hey, let's go, you know? Hmm. And so, um, what ended up, I never made it to any other churches there. It was always it was always just that one. Okay. Um, Do you remember like what kind of church it was? Evangelical. Okay. It was uh, Lockwood Evangelical is the okay. name of the church. Okay. Um, and the pastor it was a smaller church. Okay. Pastor Ken and his lovely wife they kind of took me under their wing. Um, they came became like literal godparents because mm. they kind of taught me, you know, took me under their wing. At that time, roughly four or five months into this is when my marriage started falling apart. Okay. So there's all kinds of things going on. Sure. But I was going to church and I was um, doing things involved with the kids a little bit, uh, you know, in the kids ministry, um, doing a women's Christian, women's Bible study type stuff. And then they had a, uh, the pastor led um, a Bible study in the evenings at the church. And it was um, mostly older people, like my grandparents' age or older. Okay. So all these older people that had been in the, in the faith for a long, long time, and me having always, anytime I'd ever tried to read the Bible, two or three times probably, um, I always had stumbling blocks and I couldn't get past it. So mm -hmm. I'd ask all these questions and they slowly, you know, they'd answer them. And I remember telling or asking or telling, I guess, pa uh, Pastor Ken one time, I said, I'm, I'm sorry I ask all these stupid questions. And he said, no, don't be. He said, because we've all been in the faith so long that having somebody that's new or, or seeking, because I wasn't a believer yet, seeking helps to remind us of why we believe what we believe. Yeah. Which the Bible tells us to have your testimony ready to be able to share with anyone at any point in time. Mm. So, you know, when they say there's no stupid questions or there's no bad questions, it's it's actually accurate because yeah. it helps other people yeah. to be able to um, articulate why they feel what they feel. Mm -hmm. So don't be afraid to ask questions, anybody, ever. Yeah, that's great. So I would go to uh, the, the Bible studies and they was they were always on Thursday night. And one Thursday night, I uh, got home from Bible study, and the women's ministry at the time was doing um, had just started the book uh, Search for Significance. Okay. And we were at the very beginning, so I'm reading in the in the the first couple of chapters, and in there it talks about what Jesus did and and the sacrifice and the and all of the stuff that he went through for me. Hmm. And it didn't strike me for me at the time. Mm -hmm. Because as I was reading it, and there's actually a little prayer in there that you can say if to, you know, to be to become a believer. And I read it, and it struck me um, that he did this for my kids. Mm. This is why I say it's my kids' fault. Um, he did this for my kids. So my kids brought me to seeking, mm. and they brought me to Christ, even though they don't know it. Yeah. Um, so it struck me what he did for them, not what he did for me. Mm. So we, and remember, my kids are young. I got one of them that's probably a year old at this time, year and a half old. And when your kids are little, they're your entire world. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're, I, and they were my world. And you know things were going 
uh, Hinky in my marriage, and so they were my entire world. I, they they were everything. Yeah, I'm so in love with these two little kids, and they're. I know what I would do for them. I know you know um, how much I love them and how incredibly precious they were to me. Mm. So to think that Jesus, this person that you know lived two thousand years ago, would do that for them, it that just floored me. So mm. that you know, so I remember it was a Thursday night, and I remember that because it was right after Bible study. Did you, I, I, I'm curious just on some of the finer points of, about that, about Jesus doing this for your kids, um, because it, it, for that to be meaningful to you, was it more about Jesus' sacrifice or did you recognize a need for your kids to have forgiveness and to have some form of rescue and reconciliation with God? Or was it more about the sacrifice? Yeah, it was more about the sacrifice. I hadn't quite gotten to that part gotcha the need part yeah still um um that would come later the, gotcha. full full understanding of the need for yes. a, a savior for okay. a redeemer interesting great okay but yeah um just the fact that he would do that for my kids yeah. knowing what i would do for my kids mm. that he did it for my kids yeah so sunday again like i said um pastor ken and his wife they were it's a small church and they were like godparents to me i'd been in their home mm. um you know all that stuff so well, how long it had had it had you been going to this church by this point do you think Probably a year and a half. Okay. Yeah, we're gotcha. roughly a year and a half. Okay. So go to church on Sunday, and after the service, I went up to Pastor Ken, and he gave me a hug, and then he stepped back, and he looked at me and says, you accepted Christ. And it was at that point, not Thursday night when I did, it was at that point on Sunday morning when mm. Pastor Ken said, you accepted Christ, that I realized I had. Mm. So I'd done it, but I hadn't even realized it. Mm. it again, there was a lot of stuff going on in my life. So, but... Th- the fact that he could even see it in me is kind of cool. How, now, how did you come, like, in what sense did you take stock in that moment? And and based on you, what in your self-evaluation did you kind of realize you were in agreement with him? Um, I just looked at him and it, it was kind of like a lightning bolt. I'm like, yeah, I did. I didn't realize it. It was one of those, you know, I don't know how to what else to say other than, at that point, I realized, I, I just looked at him and said, yeah, I did. And I, and I smiled. Mm. And he's like, that was cool. So so there was some, some kind of sense in which you realized, I do agree. This yeah. is true. And okay. After he told me I did. <laughs> That's <laughs> so interesting. I know. Like, it's, it's, a, it's a weird story. Um, I know. I love it. <laughs> it yeah. It's not, it wasn't about me. It was about my kids. It was mm. about what he did, what Christ did for my kids. Um, and even to this day, I feel that um, for anybody more than myself. Um. Uh, I I can tell anybody what Christ did for them, why He did it, and that they're worth it, and that um you know no matter what they've done, it's it it doesn't matter. You know Christ can forgive, God can forgive, and it's all worth you're you're worth it. Mm. But I have a hard time owning that for myself. Mm. Um, so that's kind of weird. Yeah. Um, no, I hear you. I, it's, I don't think it's weird. I, okay. I don't think it's Yay. weird. I think that there are. I'm normal. I think there are plenty of people that are that are that would resonate with that. That was like, oh yeah, that's me too. Yeah, I can tell you all day about how how, <laughs> how you're worth it. You tell me, and I'm like, mm, okay, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Basically, for me, it's it's. I ask. I've asked God many times. You know, why do you bother? Mm. Not. I don't. I. I. I know in my head that He loves me, and that He's done this for me, and all this. But in the heart, it, it sometimes doesn't quite make it there, it feels yeah, like. Yeah. And I, I would say a lot, you know, why do you bother? Mm-hmm. Not, do you love me? Mm-hmm. I get, I know he loves me. But why do you bother? Mm. And, you know, he, he would say, 
because whatever. And finally, I got I got to a point, and I feel like I asked it one too many times, and God just says, "I'm done. I'm done answering that question for you. Hmm. I've answered it." So the gist of it is, you know, why do you bother? Because I wanted to. Hmm. It's, it's his his answer to me because I wanted to. Yeah, but I keep doing the same stupid things over and over and over. It's not like I have any different sins by and large. And all of us seem to have the same type of sin. It's all everybody has their own, but we all seem to do the same stupid things over and over. And every once in a while, we'll throw something different, and I do anyway. So I'm like, but why I keep doing the same stupid things? Why do you? Why? Why do you? You know why? And he says because you're worth it. Hmm. He says you may not be worthy, but you're worth it. Hmm. He says I just need you to take that leap of faith. Hmm. So every time I start to say why why do you bother with me, I stop. I I can't even finish the question because he literally. I feel like he's like I'm done answering that. I did. You're wanted. You're worth it. Hmm. Take the leap of faith. That's that's the three things that that keep coming up to me. Hmm. Um, so yeah, that is. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people connect with that. I just—I don't know if you've heard this. I think it's like an urban legend or urban myth of, and I don't know who the Christian thinker is that it's associated with. I can never remember, but there's some a great Christian thinker that, according to you know, just kind of the urban legend, was was asked near the end of his career. You know, all, you've done all this deep study, all this deep thinking. Um, what what is still the most profound mystery? of the faith that you cannot you cannot wrap your head around it's a, a mystery you cannot solve and he reportedly thought for a second and said jesus loves me this i know for the bible tells me so you know hmm. and i think that that's what you're hitting on there is just like okay i understand that you love me why why would you do this you know and yeah so yeah I, I, which i think is why when it came to my kids when he when i fully comprehended what Jesus did for my kids, mm. knowing what I would do for my kids, that is how he got me. Mm. And by and large, that's how he gets to me is through my kids. Yeah. Something to do with, with my kids has always been about wow. them. Wow. So. so at some point you you I mean, we're not in Montana recording this. So, no. <laughs> so no, no. how did you end up at Red Mountain? And then for as long as I can remember, I'm trying to remember if it goes back to Mickey's time, or I don't. Were you on? You weren't serving on tech when I was that brief stint as worship pastor, were you? Did you? Were you? Do you remember what per worship pastor you started serving at? Or was it? Um, uh, I don't know. Matt? I was okay. He, I was here when. But, you, but you've been on a tech team for as long as I can remember. I know. Um, <laughs> like before the Life Center, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 I remember. That, I know that much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Well, when I got so to to start with the beginning, I got to this church. So when my kids and I moved down here. Um, my grandmother had been going to this church, and so again, I'm like, okay, I got to find a church. I got to find one that that you know whatever. So I thought, well, I'll start here. That was my inn, and this is where I stayed. So God brought me to the two churches that I needed to be at without having to do a lot of church shopping or anything else. Um, and the uh, I started on the tech team on a Tuesday morning with the women's ministry. Okay, we're doing the the words and stuff then. Yeah. And then, I don't the, even Like the lyrics for the songs, right. the slides, whatever. Yeah. And I don't remember who it was asked me to, to do it on Sunday morning. So I started on Sunday morning. I don't remember who was the pastor at the time. I can't okay. tell you. Um, but it was a few years in, so okay. I don't know. I don't remember how long Mickey, Mickey was I'll bet it was. Here. I'll bet it was Matt. It might have been. Okay. But, um, so I started doing it then. Um, 
And sometimes I would do both services. Sometimes it seemed like I did every Sunday. And now, um, since Jessica's taken over, she's got enough people that I can do it once a month. Okay. Or for me, it's actually once a month. And I do do one Sunday, and then I do the fifth Sunday. So if there's a Sunday, a fifth Sunday, I do that. If okay. there isn't, obviously I don't. Okay. So I, that's kind of how I do it. And then I do, work, do both services, so I'm done. I don't, I don't have to do it every Sunday. Okay. So, so what brought you to Red Mountain specifically? I mean, you guys moved here, and then you just what, started like an online search? Or, oh, your grandma. That's right. That's yeah, right. Okay. My grandma. Yes. So she was here, and um, then I started coming. And the first Sunday I was here was actually, um, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, VBS Sunday. Oh, okay. So in... in um, in the life center, all these kids on stage, you know, this church is probably four or five times as big as the church I'm used to. Sure. So yeah. that was kind of weird. Yeah. I'm an introvert. I don't, I'm always behind the scenes. I'm on the tech team. I'm upstairs. Yeah. I'm behind my camera. I'm not in front of the camera. Yeah. I'm like, I was telling you guys, my favorite part of this whole podcast is that we're not videoing it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't really like to be out in front. Yeah. So, um, being in the tech team was great. Mm. Um, and I can't sing. I can't carry a tune. Nobody wants to hear me sing except God. He's the only one. <laughs> That's because he loves me. See, we, we talked about that. He loves me. Um, but yeah, so I've been doing this off and on forever, it feels like. Wow. Well, I... Just knowing that that's the ministry you've been serving in and doing the lyric slides, I was looking forward to the opportunity of saying this on the podcast. Thank you so much for the work that you do because I think a lot of people don't realize, I know Jessica knows this, but um, the the person running the slides, I think has the greatest impact on our unity as we worship, more so than anyone playing an instrument in the band, more so than even the person that's singing like the the lead melody, because like, you know, once you learn, once you learn the melody, you know, that's the last thing to learn is the lyrics. That's the last thing you internalize and memorize and stuff. You can sing along with how something goes as long as the lyrics are in front of you. And so when those slides, it's such a thankless task, but when those slides, when the person's on the ball and they're switching on time and they're there when we need them, then, then we are in the zone and we are like having this experience together being as unified, I think, as we can be, each bringing our own individual thoughts, yet unified by the single text that's on the screen. So that is such like a key role, and I am so grateful for you and the others that that serve in that role. So thank you so much for that. You're welcome. <laughs> yes. There goes the, the whole... I don't want to be out in front. Of me. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, thank you. You're you're welcome. Rather, um, yeah, it's it is what it is. <laughs> I try to hit the hit it on time. So. <laughs> um, okay, so like you've been on this kind of up and down tornado of an experience. So how would you describe where you are today in your relationship with the Lord? Just what what it was? What how would you describe your journey with Him right now? Well. My journey with him, uh, I've, I, I like to, I like to study. Um, I'm a visual person, so I, I write in my Bible. Some people don't. I like to write. I have a Bible that has the extra st- uh, space on the margins to write. Um, I like to go on rabbit trails. So last year, when the, we as a church um, were reading through the Bible in a year, mm-hmm. um, I was at the time I was um, leading a women's Bible study early morning, and. So when if they they say if you don't if you want to learn something teach it because mm. you have to know what yeah. you're teaching to be able to teach it. Yeah. So that's kind of cool um, when I was doing that. Um, but one of the things that that I read in Leviticus, I think it is, where 
um, it talks about um, sending a goat, a, a, a sacrifice, mm. out into the wilderness to Azazel or Azazel, however, however you say his name. I've always heard it Azazel. Um, that brought me up short because, I mean, you, you, the record scratch. Yeah. I was like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> First of all, why did God tell tell the Israelites to sacrifice mm. to some someone, something, some other entity? Because that's a no-no. Mm. And second of all, I knew from a, a TV show that Azazel was supposed to be a bad guy, mm. right? He's not supposed to be anything that resembles a good guy at all. So I went on a rabbit trail, rabbit hole almost. And basically the gist of it is um, that the the that particular um sacrifice or the the gist of it is that you god wanted them to send the their sin they put their sin on this goat mm-hmm. and send it out into the wilderness out into the chaos out to you know the other demons gods whatever you want to call them um out to them because they were on holy ground mm-hmm. and they needed to have get their sin off of them out of their holy ground out into the wilderness mm-hmm. and, and take it out there mm-hmm. and so that that made sense but I had to, because first of all, I was like, whoa, wait, what? Yeah. And so a lot of things like that will happen, and, and I'll go down these rabbit holes. Sometimes they're or rabbit trails, mm-hmm. and sometimes they become rabbit holes. Yeah. Go, go deep. Yeah. So um, I like to kind of do that kind of stuff. Um, right now, so several years ago, three or four years ago, God had me in a, in a season, we all go through seasons, I believe, um, where we're sometimes we're, we're learning a lot, sometimes we're not. So a few years ago, I was in a season where I was learning a lot. And Bible talks about, you know, graduating from milk to meat. Mm. And at the time, three or four years ago, I felt like God was just lobbing these big, huge chunks of meat at me, mm. like pot roast size. <laughs> and so I'm eating all this meat and, and pretty soon I was like, okay, dude, and yes, I've called God, dude. He knows me. We get it. It's it's, it's a thing. If, if Kyle can say, "Hey, bro," on stage about God, um, not stage, but you know, the pulpit, um, I can say, "Dude." Anyway, so I was like, "Dude, I can't do this anymore. I, I no, stop. I just too much." Mm. And so we backed off. And so I kind of went not back to milk, but you know, I don't know, hamburger or, or you know, little bits of meat here and there. Um, and so now, in the last six eight months. He's got me back in this season of these huge chunks of meat, mm. and um, I'm not ready to back off yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and and what it is is so for me the Bible, I be, the way I kind of look at it, the Bible. All you need to know about the Bible, all you need to know about God, is that um, uh, God created the world, sin came into the world, penalty of sin is death, separation from God. God set a plan in place to redeem us back to Jesus, you know, and we talked about the redemption. That's mm-hmm. I'm closer to that now. Um, and so all you have to do is accept that. That's all you need to know about the Bible. That's how someone on her deathbed can accept Christ and mm-hmm. go to heaven, so to speak. It's all you need to know. But you can learn more. Because, mm. you know, the Bible starts at the beginning. God created everything and it was good. And at the end, he created everything. Or he was going to recreate everything that's good. Mm. It kind of bookends it. And mm. everything in, between, in the middle is... Not so good. Hmm. And so that's that's his story. But all you need to know is those basics. And then depending on who you are and, and how, de- how de- deep you want to dig, you can make all these other connections. Hmm. And so that's where he has me now is um, digging deep, peeling back those layers. Nice. So kind of like a car, all you need to know about a car is that it takes you from point A to point B. Mm-hmm. If you want to learn to drive, if you want to learn you know, how to put your gas in, 
check your oil all the way down to being able to build the car yeah. if you want to. I don't want to build a car. I want to know how to check my gas or check my oil, check my the air in my tires, and somebody else can do all of the, the maintenance. Yeah. But when it comes to God's story, the Bible, he's got me going through all these layers, peeling back onion layers. Mm. Um, so the top layer is basically black and white. That's all you need to know. Mm-hmm. And as you dig deeper, you start to put color in it. Mm. And again, I'm a photographer. I think visually, so... Um, he's got me into these these layers, making these connections and seeing seeing things that have just made the Bible like like pop, yeah. like like a picture. You, know, mm-hmm. you go from uh, black and white, and you slowly add color, and it starts to pop. Yeah. And every layer that gets um, re, re, uh, removed, it, there's just this more color in this. Mm. It's just so awing, and I know it's not a word, but it's just so awing to yeah. me. The uh, the depth to learn, you know, what he did for us. Again, um, the surface level is he sacrificed himself for us, but going deeper, you understand why and how and mm. and, and how he put this plan into place. Mm-mm. I mean, this yeah. isn't a simple thing. Yeah. It wasn't just, okay, I'm just going to send Jesus to die on the cross. There's a whole story, which is why we have the Old Testament. There's a whole story mm-hmm. and how it all connects. And so he just got me in this place where I'm learning all of this um, deep layered stuff mm. excuse me stuff and it's just it's incredibly cool mm. it's, it's so yeah. inspiring and awing again yeah. yep. and um how how he put it all together is blows your mind yeah to me so that's awesome that's an that's an exciting place to be it is it yeah. really really is um even in the midst of all of the you know why do you bother you know that doesn't matter what anymore to me because he's already answered that but now he's he's showing me not only why he bothered but how deep mm. it goes yeah. how incredibly complicated and deep mm. um the entire story is mm. you know, humanity's story my story you know all of it it just it's just incredibly deep and complicated yeah but yet simple yeah so very simple mm. well that's awesome I think, Bonnie, I think a lot of people are really going to connect with your story, with what you've shared. So thank you so much. This has been a great time. I appreciate you being, <laughs> yeah. being willing to sit in front of the mic, um, <laughs> away from the cameras, yes. <laughs> and, and uh, chat. So thank yeah. you so much. Yeah. Can I ask one thing? Yeah, yeah. I just, uh, I was, I'm curious that like, I love how, how, you know, slow and gradual you're, you're coming to Christ and just that journey that the Spirit took you on. So I was just curious about like... Do you have any like memory of what it was like for you to go from just seeking and kind of one trying to get your questions answered and stuff as you're looking at the Bible and actually like starting to talk to God like he's a real like mm. he's real mm. like what was that like for you to re- remember that shift like all actually, of a sudden he's a real person that you're talking to That's kind of a strange thought process because as i said i had no use for god Mm. but yet i remember as a kid always feeling like i was talking to somebody in Mm. my brain Mm. so even though i and it goes back to you asked you know well why did you why didn't you have any use for god and it was more of a rebellious um what was the word you used Um, antagonistic antagonistic thank you antagonistic um thought process as opposed to actually believing he didn't exist Mm. it was if he exists why is he doing this Mm. an antagonistic um uh, I don't want to deal with my sin type stuff. Yeah. And so I always talked to something, 
someone. Mm. And so to, I don't know how to answer that other than um, just accepting that, uh, accepting that he is um, not, not necessarily that he's real, but that he's there for me. Hmm. And then he listens to me and he answers me. Hmm. And he does. I, I've gotten many times where I've had um, nothing audible again, because that would freak me out. But I've had, like I said, you know, um, uh, I'm up for it. Hmm. And that was an, that was an, an, an answer. Hmm. Um, when, uh, when I get the inspiration for um, a sentiment for a card, hmm. um, I, it, the Holy Spirit just kind of whispers in my ear, that. Hmm. Hmm. And I'll, I'll jot it down mm. and come back to it later. But it's 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 just one little word that. Mm. So okay, and so um, I, that, I, there really isn't an answer to that. Mm. It's just mm. kind of always been there. I just didn't want to admit it mm. until I did. Mm. So awesome. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Well, yeah. Again, this was great. And uh, I, I selfishly, I say this a number of times, but like I, I've you know, seen you over the years so many times, mostly in passing right. because, you know, uh, you're up in the booth and I tend to be down stage area or something like that, you know, but I've been like, this is the most I've heard you ever talk in my entire life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's been awesome. So yeah. thank you again, Bonnie. I appreciate you're welcome. it. Thank you. Well, I loved the uniqueness of her story. She, she doesn't think her story is all that interesting, but I, it's, it really stands out to me from so many stories that I've heard about how mm-hmm. uh, people come to Jesus and what their what that that journey looks like for them. So, what's something that that stood out to you from our time talking to Bonnie? Oh, I love. I mean, I think as a pastor, what stands out to me. Uh, I mean, among many things, but one thing I love to hear about is just the 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 small church. And that pastor, you know, yeah. I, like I love to think about them and mm. just you have this antagonistic person mm. coming into your church who like, I don't, I mean, she, she may have even been really honest about why she was there, you know, like literally just looking for some religion that she could handle because she wants to put her kid in a religious school. Yeah. And like the, the way that it seems like the pastor and the community really embraced her and mm-hmm. loved her for a year and a half Yes, when she was not a believer, yeah. like very antagonistic and they just like loved her mm-hmm. and like cared for her. I like that is so amazing to me and encouraging to me and challenging to me of just like the Holy Spirit is at work in, in people's lives, even if, you know, they are not seeing it or like it, like we really are just it, like, it's such a, such a great challenge of faith to really press into how Jesus is calling us to mm-hmm. love people because yeah. we don't know what the Holy Spirit is doing yeah. beneath the surface, how he's orchestrating things, no matter how antagonistic or slow people may seem to be, you know, to be moving forward in their faith or whatever. Yeah. So I love, I love that part of the story. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that that's what we want Red Mountain to be as a place where people can come and be skeptical and sit and hang with us and live life with us, mm-hmm. um, whether they've come to a point of belief or not. Um, and I, I, I know that's something that I've seen 
in uh, some of our adult Sunday school classes over the years, you know, people asking questions. And um, I've, I've even like in, in one class, there's been like, oh, I think there's a little bit of antagonism in that question, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, and I just appreciate the the willingness of the teachers on campus to just like be there and be available and to be accepting and engaging, you know, with people that are at all kinds of different places. So that that was very encouraging to hear that like this faithful couple, this small church, mm-hmm. you know, in uh, eastern Montana, my childhood stomping grounds, you know, really. Yeah. yeah and I love that he stuttered. And yeah, like, oh, yes. I mean, maybe wasn't even that good of a preacher or whatever. Yeah. I, like, Who knows? Just yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just, well, and it, it speaks to how big a difference it can make for a, a community of believers to love and care for the people that are in their church community, you mm-hmm. know, just whoever's, whoever's showing up, you know? Yeah. Um, I think for me, uh, what stood out was her seeking and mm-hmm. her questioning, both as she was on the way to arriving at faith and then afterward, you know, like where she is today, you know, she's, mm. uh, that, that really connects with me, um, because I'm very much a questioner as well. And, uh, asking questions like seeing stuff in the Bible and going, this is weird. What is up with that? You know, and that being part of her journey, part of where God wants us to be, if that's, you know, if we're running into stuff that we think is weird, to not go, oh, well, a good Christian just wouldn't ask questions. No, hmm. no, man. I, I think that a, that, a, a, that a person that's where the Lord wants them to be looks at that stuff, maybe says, yeah, this is weird, but then doesn't stop there and follows through and says, okay, I got to know what's going on here, you know? Hmm. And so it was so energizing to me to, I guess, meet someone that's a little bit, that's wired a little bit like I am. And, uh, and just to know that she felt um, in her, in the church she was at in Montana, and then also here, like this is a place where we can ask questions, we can be about asking the quote unquote dumb questions. And that is not only okay, but like super encouraged, hmm. you know? Yeah, that was great. Yeah, for sure. Well, I think that is it then for this episode of the Red Mountain Community Church podcast. You can follow Red Mountain Community Church on Instagram and Facebook, where you can also leave us comments and suggestions to help make the show better. Also, be sure to subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening so that you don't miss out on the next episode. And if by chance you want more of me blabbing on topics relevant to Christian geeks, you can check out my personal weekly show, the Christian Geek Central podcast. But in the meantime, I'm Peter Franson. I'm Jessica Garcia. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on Sunday.